Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Self-Care Your Way Success podcast with your host, Maya Pilgrim. So today's episode is going to be a bit of a departure. I still plan on having the structure of this podcast being a guest-focused podcast where I'm interviewing thousands of people from all across the world and the reception I've received from so many people who are reaching out that want to be interviewed, that want to be a part of this has been super exciting. But there is one huge aspect of my life that I kind of glossed over and that is having lupus and my lupus diagnosis and it came to my attention that lupus is something that a lot of people aren't that familiar with and it's something that I've been dealing with since I was 16 years old and I thought that I should take the time to devote this episode my battle with lupus to kind of giving you guys an idea of what it is what I struggle with and kind of scientifically how it works so lupus is or you know more commonly known as systemic lupus erythematosus or SLE is an autoimmune disorder that is inflammatory in nature and basically the immune system attacks its own healthy tissue so the simplest way to explain it when I don't want to go into a long drawn-out explanation is in terms of I'm essentially allergic to myself so when someone else gets cold or the flu or they get a sickness what your immune system is supposed to do as I'm sure we're all familiar is it's supposed to attack the bad stuff. Your white blood cells are supposed to put their armor on and attack all that bad stuff. So what my white blood cells do is they attack the healthy tissue first before they ever get around to attacking the stuff that's not supposed to be there, which means that when I have the flu or I have the cold or I have a flare-up, which is typically how this disease manifests, it goes through, you know, it ebbs and flows in periods of like remission and then it'll flare up, typically triggered by my diet, lack of rest or stress. Um, so when I'm not in a flare-up, things are cool. But when I am in a flare-up, this is what happens. My white blood cells kind of go on the fritz and they attack all of the healthy tissues. Um, so basically, lupus can manifest in so many different ways. So I have two different, well, I thought I had SLE, but now I'm feeling like I have discoid lupus. So discoid lupus still has the, so lupus across the board has very similar, manifestations right so that means you're you're typically going to have pain you're typically going to have some level of fatigue you're typically going to have a butterfly rash or redness there are some things that are just like typical of lupus but with me i have so many different manifestations so i have discoid lupus which are these red kind of like sores that come and go those typically appear on my scalp and sometimes they can cause hair loss I also have joint pain so that means that my fingers and my knees and anywhere that has a lot of like movement in terms of my joints will fill up with fluid and kind of cause a serious amount of pain and then I will have fatigue so I typically do get a daily nap in to kind of make sure that my lupus is under control and I also don't drink alcohol. I tried to play the alcohol battle for a while, but alcohol just does not have any health benefits for me as someone with lupus. And I just feel a lot happier and healthier and more whole when I don't engage in the use of alcohol for me. So I was diagnosed when I was 16, right? I was diagnosed in high school, which is an incredibly stressful time if you are 
anyone with APs, IBs, and going to a college preparatory school or you're in a college preparatory program. So when I was diagnosed with lupus, I was doing basketball, I was doing theater, I was in advanced classes, I was focused on college prep, and it was all super overwhelming for me because I went from public school to private school just loving learning for learning's sake and then coming to find out that it can't be that simple. It's like, oh, you're 14 and you don't have a thousand community service hours. Oh, you don't have this recommendation or that. It was just a lot. And I was like, okay, um, I thought that I could just learn and be happy, but I guess not. So <laughs> I ended up putting myself under an enormous amount of stress, right? Trying to survive in this private school climate, being a super, super minority, you know, it was just a lot. It was really a lot. So I went about just living life, right? So I somehow managed to do theater production full on, do basketball full on, still turn my assignments all the time and get A's and B's full on with these APs and these honors classes. And then I just noticed that I was just so tired. I was so tired, you guys. Like I was like, imagine being more tired than you've ever felt in your life, but on a consistent basis. And my mom didn't think anything was wrong. She thought that I was just being lazy, right? Which makes sense because you don't really, lupus is an invisible disease. You don't really, you can't tell by walking around, by seeing someone walking around whether or not they have lupus. It It is a horrible disease, but it, and it's very real, but it, I don't have crutches. I don't have a wheelchair, you know what I mean? So it's hard to kind of like accept the fact that this is something that I'm dealing with. And I hadn't been diagnosed by that point. But I remember I, I slept so much after school, right? And I had to wake up to go to the production of a play that I was performing in. And I played it. I was fine, but I was just so exhausted. So finally, you know, I went to the doctor after all this. My mom took me to the doctor and they thought that I had mononucleosis, right? And they gave me the medication for mono. I went home, I rested, and I just still wasn't getting better after a couple of weeks. Um, no really, no real improvement in my symptoms. So we went to another specialist, right? And he tested me. And then he said, okay, I think you have rheumatoid arthritis. And then we went to the rheumatoid arthritis doctor. And that wasn't accurate either. And then finally, I got diagnosed with lupus after having been through four or five doctors. And in the doctor's office of the lupus diagnosis, he wanted me to be on eight or nine different medications, right? And I really didn't want to do that because, yes, I was experiencing symptoms. Yes, it was clear that I had lupus. But I was like, there has to be a way for me to control this that doesn't involve taking nine or ten different medications whose side effects, the side effects of which seem far worse than the actual reality of what I'm experiencing. So it's like, okay, what can I do about this? And afterwards, I decided to just take the steroids, which ended up making my face super bloated. I put on a lot of weight because of the steroids. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do this either. And then I decided to become vegetarian. And the period in which I was vegetarian was probably the best period of my life in the sense that I had no flare-ups. Um, or very few flare-ups, let me say that. I wouldn't say no, I, I want to say very few. I don't remember having any during my vegetarian time period, but that's when I realized that diet had the power to really affect what you're going through in your body 
And I kind of just resonated with that. And I've continued that to this day till I'm 22. And I've really never looked back. Just managing with like rest, lack of stress, diet, and exercise. Those things have really been my saving grace. So I want to describe what a flare-up feels like to you guys. It's really hard to describe because... Honestly, it feels like walking around with broken bones, which is why typically when I have a really bad flare-up, I don't leave the bed. I kind of just rest. It's it's weird because you know in your heart and in your mind that nothing is broken. Your your bones are not broken, but the pain that you're feeling is telling you otherwise. And then the intense fluid buildup is almost out of a movie in the sense that how can so much fluid go to your fingers, go to your knees, go to your joints, and you still be okay. It's wild, actually. It's fascinating, but it is frustrating. I wear rings, right? So typically, so my ring size is a seven and a half, right? Um, It's really a six and a half, but I wear a seven and a half, which means my rings are almost falling off because I have to account for the fact that sometimes my fingers really, really swell. So imagine you're a size six, six and a half ring size typically, right? But you have to get a seven and a half ring size because your fingers swell up like balloons with a, with any random trigger, right? So sometimes I wake up and like my finger is tight in my ring, like super tight, not to the point where it's cutting off circulation because again, it can't cut off circulation because the increase in your finger size is based on fluid buildup, right? So it's not cutting off circulation to your veins because your normal finger size, if this makes sense visually for you guys, I know it's hard to, to listen to through a podcast, but your normal finger size is a six and a half, right? But your your fluid buildup is two, seven and a half. So what the ring is doing in that sense is it's cutting off the circulation of the fluid buildup, which means it's not really gonna, it might cause a line on your finger temporarily, but the second your finger goes back down to your normal size, it won't cut off any circulation or anything like that, which is such a crazy thing. I'm thinking at this point, like when I get married, I'm just going to have to have two rings because like it's, (laughs) it's wild. I wish I could show you guys like day and night Maya's swollen fingers versus her non-swollen fingers because it really is fascinating but mentally. So that's the physical side of lupus. I kind of gave you guys a run of the meal all over the place description of what my diagnosis was and what I experienced when I have flare-ups and day to day. But for me, the mental strain that lupus has taken on me has been something that I have to face every single day and something that has been not the easiest to overcome because, you know, you have a girl who doesn't want to stop, right? I'm the girl who wants to work three jobs and really grind to chase my dreams and not be held back. And I, I wish I could be on six hours of sleep and be doing, like, I'm that person, right? So trying to reconcile with my physical capabilities, with my mental capabilities is something that I have to talk about to myself every day. I have to remind myself that, hey, you have lupus, Sometimes I pretend that I don't and I like to ignore it, but then like a flare up comes and I'm very much humbled by the fact that, hey, you overdid it today. You can't function like the normal person who wants to be on four hours of sleep and work three jobs and and do all these different things. It is imperative for me to get my rest. And I have to understand that 
rest is not a negative thing and i think with self-care way to success my entire podcast that's my whole mantra right and i think that having lupus has forced me to adopt this mantra and that rest is productive i cannot function the next day to the best of my ability especially with lupus unless i'm getting adequate rest right and I think it's important to realize that. It's important to recognize that. You don't have to feel guilty for getting rest. Your body needs it, right? And four to five hours of sleep is, to me, not feasible on the long term. You have to maximize your productivity. If you're getting eight, nine hours of sleep, that means in those 10 hours where you're working on things and you're up, you're maximizing your productivity and you're being the best you can be at whatever it is you're focusing on whether you're studying working or a combination of both or just planning your next move but it was really humbling and heartbreaking at times having lupus because i wanted to not have it so bad right because it wasn't something i could really control like i would wake up one day be so ready to tackle all these tasks right i'm like i'm gonna do this today i'm gonna get this done today And then boom, I have a migraine or I have some pain or I have, and it's, it was learning to forgive myself in those moments, which I still struggle with, but learning to forgive myself and say, hey, this is not something you can control. And the only thing you can do right now is rest and get better so that tomorrow you can accomplish the things you want to accomplish and you can tackle the tasks that you set forth. And constant reminders of that are what have kept my sanity throughout this ordeal because I can so easily become very hard on myself and I can start to kind of get in my head a lot and punish myself for having a disease that I can't control isn't that crazy do you guys realize how unhealthy that sounds and I can't I know I'm not alone here in the sense that imagine punishing yourself for having to rest as a result of a disease you cannot control a diagnosis you had no control over but going back to lupus you know the fascinating part about it is is a lot of people have the lupus gene you know laying dormant in them but it never manifests because they keep a low stress lifestyle for me high school ap's college prep all the things that i was involved in created the perfect stress storm to manifest my dormant lupus markers right because my brother has lupus right but he doesn't my brother has lupus markers but he hasn't manifested like i manifested because he went to the military he did all these different things but i think it's because he's been able to maintain a certain lack of stress more so than i have right because i am a perfectionist i really strive to bring out the best in myself as well as in others and i think with my brother in his case he pushes himself yes but i do think that he's able to push himself in a way that's more healthy than my perfectionist mindset and that really makes a difference i don't think that perfectionism towards yourself or anyone in general is sustainable in the long term and i think that kind of learning how to perfect those habits and make them better and more feasible are going to really set the precedent for the rest of your life so if this is a warning to anyone listening to this podcast please take care of yourself and limit your stress levels when you are young 
and set that standard limiting your stress levels from an early age because you could literally be making yourself sick. Stress is linked to so many different causes of diseases, not just lupus. It's heart disease. I mean, there's so many different things. Like, please, please, please limit your stress. How is that possible? I don't care what you have to do. Stress takes maintenance. If you're able to work out, if you're able to read a book, if you're able to watch that show, whatever you do that kind of just like is important to your self-care, make sure you include some stress limiting activities in that. Meditation, Pilates, working out, reading a book, watching your favorite docu-series, going for a walk, whatever you have to do to limit those stress levels is super, super important. Scientists scientists have studied and so many scientific journals and articles have come out linking high cortisol levels to a plethora of diseases that are easily preventable if we can just control our diet and control our stress levels. And the crazy part is, you know, we see all these people advocating exercise. It's not just because people are fat phobic or we live in a society that prioritizes a certain body type over others, but it's also because, you know, consistent levels of physical activity have been shown to to keep your stress levels low. And that's why I'll always be a proponent of finding some type of workout. If you spend months figuring it out, it's okay. Maybe you like to dance in a workout. Maybe you like to punch a bag. Maybe you like to go for a walk. Walking is enough. You know what I mean? You don't have to be out here doing these crazy ab workouts. And I, I know I'm going on a tangent here. I'm supposed to, I know I'm supposed to focus on lupus. But it all ties into the fact that, you know, my stress levels were so high that a disease literally formed in me and I think that's important to keep in mind that should scare people that should scare people lower your stress it was it will all work out find a way to lower your stress I know it's easier said than done but trust me it's life or death make it a priority to find a way to lower your stress lupus definitely affected a lot of people. I think that I there are still people in my immediate family that are in denial versus my mom who still has to remind me as an adult to rest because I will try to pretend that I don't have lupus. I will try to work myself into the ground trying to be successful and completely forget about the fact that I have a whole self-care your way to success podcast one, a brand that I'm supposed to be representing hello and then two the fact that i have an autoimmune disease that requires me to rest right that forces me to rest it is literally life or death if i don't i think that a lot of teachers that i had the time felt bad because they had been giving me a lot of like crap for being late or missing school or what have you and they felt bad knowing that, you know, I was dealing with this illness on my own, really. No one really understood what I was going through. And it reminds me, it, it reminds me to say, ask questions if you're a teacher or a doctor or in your, you're in some capacity where you're trying to represent the needs of so many different kids and children. I know that it's difficult, but ask questions, dig deeper, because I guarantee if a kid has been consistently turning in assignments for quite a while and all of a sudden they're slacking, it's typically not because they've given up, okay? There's something deeper there. Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's mental, but do the work as a teacher and dig dig a little deeper. 
don't let someone slip through the cracks, right? Luckily, I had a mom who really fought for me and I had uh, one or two teachers that really understood what I was going through after they understood my diagnosis. So because of that, I was able to make it through. But without that, and plenty of kids don't have that, I don't think I would have made it. And I think that we need more people advocating properly for children in schools. But, you know, this is just a little insight into my battle with lupus. I, on the day-to-day, it doesn't affect me too much because I do monitor how much of bad things I eat, like what's inflammatory for me, like dairy's inflammatory. It varies from month to month, person to person. But I do know that no alcohol and, uh, and limiting my meat consumption has completely changed my life. I feel healthier. I feel lighter. I feel like I can really be a normal person for the most part without medication. So I'm not I'm not a doctor, you guys. So don't listen to this podcast and decide that whenever you get diagnosed with something, you're going to say screw the meds because if I have a if I have a migraine, I'm taking Excedrin. You know what I mean? I'm not <laughs> I'm not this holistic goddess, but I will say if you do have an illness that's not super severe. So for me, my lupus wasn't I had kidney failure. You know what I mean? Because lupus can cause kidney failure. I was at a point where in my disease, I could I could afford to experiment with a diet approach. Right. If you're experiencing something and you can and you can afford to kind of experiment a little bit, do it. But if you're like, you know, stage three in some disease, don't do that. Just listen to the doctors, because at that point, I think they'll have the best methods to helping you versus if you catch something early i think you should play around with your diet and see where that gets you because food is medicine and food is the best preventative medicine there is right so i have a lupus diagnosis but i'm able to prevent flare-ups by eating properly and i think that you have to play around with that because food is something that you encounter every single day it's a chance to kind of feed your body or be to your body's detriment to me it's crazy how lightly people take what they put into their bodies it's like oh i'll just i'll just eat this today but no every bite of food you eat has a long-term effect on your body right yeah you just ate some greasy fries there but that's gonna affect your body for 20 years 30 years 40 years 50 years and it's like Oh, I just want to live my life. And that's all good and great. But just make sure you have a sense of balance. Make sure you're incorporating those fruits and veggies just as often as you are incorporating those other food groups, right? And then make sure that you're logging how you feel. I don't eat unhealthy because it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel heavy. I have bubble guts. I have digestive problems. I can't sleep properly. I break out. There is a reason along with having lupus, obviously, that I eat healthy, right? So just keep track of what you're eating and go from there. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to Self-Care Way to Success podcast. This is just a little brief insight into my battle with lupus, kind of like my philosophy around it, mentally, physically, what I've learned. And I really hope you enjoyed. Please tune in next week for an amazing episode and have a beautiful, amazing, positive day and week. See you soon.